All right, open in your Bibles to John chapter 6, if you're not already there. John chapter 6, we've been cruising along through the Gospel of John so far, and we are going to take a break starting next week, because that will be Advent season, and so to prepare our hearts for Christmas, we're going to do some things different. So this will be the last time we're in John for a little while. And then, don't worry, I know you're really concerned, we'll get back into John, and we'll finish it one day. (laughs) Last Sunday, we were able to talk through a little of how Jesus was explaining that it's really impossible for us to truly have faith to believe in Him if we're more worried about receiving our worth our glory from other people instead of receiving our worth, our glory from God. As he was talking to the Pharisees, he said to them that he will not accuse them, but there is one who accuses them, Moses, on who they had set their hope. And part of what they were doing is, again, they were scholars in the Old Testament, and they were setting their hope on the works of the law. That's what was going to save them. And they knew the Scriptures well, but what they didn't realize is the Scriptures truly point to Christ. He's the Savior. That's what the Scriptures reveal. So some time passes. Some commentators say six months. Some say nine months. It's up in the air a little bit. And then we move into what's chapter 6. So think, again, some time's passed here. A lot of things have been happening. And right before this, Jesus' disciples, He sends them out and they're out doing ministry and working hard and serving Him doing healings and preaching the gospel. They're going to come back to Jesus pretty tired. Jesus has been going around. He's been healing many people as well. And Jesus also just got some heavy news. He had just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist or baptizer, depending on who you you are, what you like, has been killed. So he gets this message, his disciples are returning, everyone's worn out. And that's where we find ourselves this morning. So let's jump into the text, and we're going to go through verse by verse. And I I set it up that way because I really want you to see a few things about Jesus today. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1. After this, again, some amount of time here. Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. So he's been traveling around, and he actually goes to the other side. And some of this, because this feeding of the 5,000 is what we're going to talk about today. And this is actually the only miracle that's in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The only miracle that's recorded in all the Gospels. And so you can get some other background by checking out those other Gospels. And what we found is they actually went away to be alone. That's what Jesus is going to do. He's going with his disciples to get away for a little bit. And as they're going to the other side, look what happens. And a large crowd was following him. Because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Large crowd following. And if you see that, because they saw the signs he was doing on the sick, you'll remember from the previous sermons, is that a good reason for everybody to be following him? 
Is that the main reason that they should be falling? Because He can heal people? No. Now, can you imagine? You just found out your cousin's been killed. Your disciples are tired. You're tired. You're going to go get away. And here comes a large crowd. And you know why they're coming. Because they're looking at you mostly as vending machine Jesus. Who can heal the sick. I want us to see today the great compassion that Jesus has. I want you to walk out of here today thinking about glorying in the compassion, the mercy of your Savior. I gave away my, the end game. That's what I'm trying to get it to us today, okay? The mercy of our Savior. Because I'm telling you, if I was in his position, I think if most of us were in his position and we saw a large crowd coming for the wrong reasons, we wouldn't respond the same way. I know I wouldn't. Let's look at it. Verse 3. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. So they've, they've gone to sit down, spending some time with them, resting. Verse 4, Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. It's interesting that John decides to throw this in there. This shows us that probably he's about a year out from when he's going to be crucified by this point. So a lot's happened already. We're only in the sixth chapter. There's a lot that's happened. He spent one Passover in Jerusalem. This one he doesn't go. He's there. Part of this is because he knows what's happening in Jerusalem and what people are seeking to do, and it's not his time yet. Remember, he's not on their timetable. He's on his own. So it's at hand, and it's mentioned here, this Feast of the Jews, and I think it's important that it's mentioned, and we're going to see why. I think it's to set our mind on what the Passover actually is, so that way we can understand the later parts of the passage. Lifting up his eyes, verse 5, then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? So they're coming in from the villages. They're sitting down together, finally some time alone. They look, here comes the crowd. And he says, he looks up, and if you remember that same language when he was with the woman at the well, he looks up and he saw this big crowd coming. He talks about the harvest and how it's ready. He looks up and he doesn't say, oh, they're coming. Because that would have been my response. <laughs> that would have been my response. Right? He doesn't do that. Right away, he knows that they're going to have needs. He knows that they're going to be hungry and so he goes to Philip. What are we going to do? You think Jesus is freaking out? <laughs> oh my gosh, look how many people are coming. We're in trouble. Philip, you got any ideas? Verse 6 now. He said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. We're going to plan here for a moment. You ever think about that? Does God test? Does He test us? 
Does God tempt us? Temptation comes from Satan, comes from our own flesh, comes from the world. That's to get us to sin. Testing is for our good. Okay? Testing is for our good. Now, here's a question. See if we can get another answer. Does God know everything? This side? Does God know everything? Hmm. Interesting. Does God know everything? Yeah? Why in the world would he test us? Think for a second. Don't say anything yet. Right? Like in school, we test. Partly, we're trying to figure out where the children are at in their grades and things, but the teachers don't know exactly. They're testing to find out what they've learned. God knows everything, but he tests us. So if it's true that God knows everything, and it is, good job, you get a sticker. (laughs) Phil Parker will hand you one on the way out. He's got (laughs) stickers. If what he's doing is not because he's wondering, huh, I wonder how Coach is doing in this area of his life. I'm going to give him a test. Then it must be that it's for our benefit. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's for our benefit. He knows our hearts, he knows about us, and it's for our benefit. Now, why would he do that? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to get a volunteer, but I'm not going to have Roy today. I'm going to have one of my children, Leanna, come up. Okay. Put Leanna here. This is a little bucket thing here, and I'm going to test to see if she can throw this ball into this bucket, okay? I'm going to test and see if she can do that. Can you do it? Give it a shot. Close. Try again. Hey, give her a hand for that. Good. She made it. It's kind of close. People are like, eh, that's easy. I could have done it first try. That's pride. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. So she throws it in, and she makes it. I'm proud of her that she makes it. Now, I knew if I gave her two, she was going to make it, right? Now, why do I know that? How do I know that she's going to make that? Well, she's been with me, right? I've taught her to throw. I've taught her to hold things. We've taught her to do that. I know that she can do that. When she makes it, it feels good that she made it, right? It feels good. And she can rejoice in the fact that she's made it. You can look back and go, hey, there's a time in my life I wouldn't have made that, but I just made it. And we can celebrate together that in front of all you, she made it. Okay? Not that it's impressing you, but the communion that we have here that she's made it is good. It's a good thing. So part of our testing is to show us how far we've come, where we're at. When she was little, if I had Isabella, when she was, she probably wouldn't have made it. She probably would have thrown it at me. Okay? But Leanna, I want her to remember the fact that there was a time in her life that she wouldn't have made this. 
but she's grown and she's made it. Does that make sense? Now, (laughs) this is where the sermon goes somewhere. (laughs) Slide you back over here. And with your eyes closed. No, I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Go ahead and try to throw it in there. That's unbelievable. Look, look. Not planned. Awesome. Praise God. No, no, you're not done yet. We rejoice. There's no way she could have made that before. (laughs) Watch your lips back here in the back for a minute. Try not to hit anybody. This will really ruin the sermon. Go ahead. Just go ahead. Okay, she missed. Should I give her? I'll give her one more try. I know it's a little broken. And she missed. Oh, here's the thing. She's seen that she's been growing. She's seen that she's really come a long way, right? But I love you, sweetie, and you still have a little ways to go. That's what testing's about. Does that make sense? That's what it's about. It's showing us where we've come from so we're not, oh, I'm the worst. I'm never going to grow. I'm not going to get any better. No, you're growing in Christ because, again, He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And He who began this good work in you will see it unto completion. There's a day that that's going in. There's a day that's coming that we're going to be there. So don't get proud. You're not there yet. But rejoice because you're doing great. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead. I want you guys to see that this is the testing that our... Thank you, Brother Phil, for picking that up. This is the testing that our Lord does. It's to encourage us. And that's what Jesus is doing right now with these guys. They have been with Him about two years now. Okay? What's about to happen, they should have the answer. But I think if we were in the same boat, we may do the same thing. Let's, let's keep going here. Verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Jesus says, what are we going to do? He looks and he goes, this is too big. There's too much. There's too many people. Apparently they had some, it sounds like they probably had some money with them. That's about eight months wages. Even if they had that, he goes, it wouldn't even be enough. Look at all these people because the number in the text says 5,000 men. But we seem to know that that's not counting the women and children. So some estimates say 15,000, 20,000 people. You know, that's worse than me trying to feed you guys with a couple of goldfish and five crackers from the table, right? If we were all hungry, starving, I'm like, here's what I got, guys. You'd be saying, that's not enough. That's what Philip's saying. I think Philip didn't quite get this test. I think he threw. It was a little short on this one. But the encouragement is he's going to get there. His answer should have been, I don't know, what are you going to do about it, Jesus? 
I mean, look, think about the things that we've seen throughout John so far that Jesus has been able to do. Was there, was there ever a point when, like, maybe there was a party going on and they ran out of something at the party and Jesus made it? Does anyone remember that? I hope, since I preached on it. Wine, thank you. He's already shown that he can do things like that. Philip took his eye off Jesus and he looked out there and said, This doesn't add up. J. Vernon McGee is talking about this passage and he says, You know, two plus five equals seven. That's not going to be great. But with Jesus, two plus five plus Jesus means you can feed anybody. Philip took his eye off. Someone else does help. Every time you see Philip, a lot of times Andrew's around. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, which, how would you like that if you're always Andrew, Simon Peter's brother? Again, that's a lot, I think, because what John's going to talk about with Peter later. Said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? And he's trying to solve the problem. He's like, well, what do we got? Okay. Five barley loaves, which again, this is not made from wheat, which is, commentators say that that seems to be, if it's barley, that it was really poor people. This little guy here was probably poor. He says, what is that? That's not going to be enough. Again, keep taking his eye off Jesus. He should have thought, I've seen you do water into wine. I've seen you do incredible things. Look at this. Do something with this, Lord. Let's see what you're going to do. He said, look at the problem. Can't do it. It's a lack of faith. I know it's not feeding 5,000 or 15,000 or 20,000, but where are you at on this? What's going on in life? What's going on with problems? What's going on to where you're taking your eye off the one who can do anything and you're looking, you're going, no hope. We're in trouble. Better throw in the white flag. Jesus, send these people home. That's in the other accounts. Send them, get, send them somewhere else. Are you throwing in the flag? I would encourage you, don't. You've got Jesus. He can do anything. That's not against his nature. So Jesus responds. Notice, he doesn't rebuke them here. He's not all over them. Come on, guys! You've been with me, what are you doing? In this scenario, at this point, he knows what they need. They do not need to be rebuked in that way. He just says to them, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, fish, as much as they wanted. Not just like, here's some to hold you over till you go back to your house. That's not what he does. He says, when you come to me for provision, I'll give you all you can handle. 
I will fill you. Eat as much as you want. I will provide it for you. Do you believe him? Do you personally believe that if you go to Jesus for your provision, that he will fill you to the max, to where you're content? Because when that, if that's true, and you go to him, and you get your contentment in Christ, then guess what? No matter what the odds are, no matter if it's 15,000, 20,000, whether it's cancer, whether it's a marital issue, if you'll go to him, he will make it right. Doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to heal that sickness in this life, but he will for sure one day. But he's saying you will be full. You will be content through anything if you're with him. A few more verses here. Verse 12, And when they had eaten their fill... He told his disciples, gather up leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Now, this idea of not wasting anything was certainly in the Jewish culture. But I think that I like the idea here more. Gather it up because God wastes nothing. He wastes nothing, and he will waste nothing in your life. Whether it's suffering, whatever's going on in your life, hard times, he wastes nothing. Some commentators go back and forth on what's the significance of the 12 baskets full, telling the disciples go. Some commentators say, well, this is like representing the 12 tribes of Israel and that he meets the needs of the 12 12 tribes of Israel. Some say it's the 12 disciples and their lack of faith. Hey, we're done. Go pick up some baskets worth of extras. The point is that he gives over an abundance of what we need. It's over. And you will be full and there's still more. You get hungry, come back to him. He's there for you. And don't forget, as I said before, this is when they were tired. Their plan was to be off alone. We're going to go do this. I just got this bad news, and now you're coming to me? Here's the encouragement. You can go to him anytime. He will not turn you away. And if you've never come to Christ, you can come to Him today. And guess what? If you cry out to Him, He will not turn you away. Ever. He is a gracious, loving, compassionate Savior. Verse 14, When the people saw the sign that He had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Who are they talking about? What are they talking about? If you were listening closely, as I know you guys were, when we, the verses we read this morning, this is coming out of Deuteronomy 18. This is a prophecy of that there's going to be a prophet like Moses, but better. They were waiting on this prophet. It's Jesus. If you go to Acts 3 and you read Peter's sermon, he lets you know that prophet is Jesus. The prophet has come, indeed. So they're learning more about who Jesus is. But then look. Was this discouraged? Look at 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Is Jesus king of kings? Why Why would he withdraw? That doesn't make any sense. Oh wait, it's not the time yet. 
And it's not the way that they're expecting or that they want it to happen. Jesus does things on his father's timetable and he becomes the king the way he's supposed to become the king. That's through the cross, into the tomb, and after three days where he rises. And he comes back and he's conquering King Jesus. He is the king of kings. The three things I want you to take away. Look at how gentle your Savior is to the mass crowd who he already knew they were coming to him for the wrong reasons. To his disciples when they still don't get it. Hey, guess what? You don't get it sometimes. He still loves you. I don't get it sometimes. He still loves me. Look at the compassion and kindness of Jesus. Realize that the tests in your life that God brings are for your good to strengthen your faith. And then I would say this last one, don't be like those in this story in verse 15 who try to make Jesus something that he's not. Don't try to force him to be something that he's not in the way that you think he should act. Don't try to make Jesus your vending machine, your self-help, or your fire insurance. Will he help you? Absolutely. Does he save you from hell? Absolutely. Does he give you all kinds of blessings? Absolutely. But when you come to him, come to him for how great he is. Come to him for how wonderful he is. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for these passages of Scripture where you show us how kind, how merciful you are. You remind us. Lord, we know it's just who you are. You are a loving God. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in loving kindness. Lord, we pray that you would help us to worship you for who you are. To worship you in spirit and truth. To see you for who you are and not how we think you should be. Lord, I pray that for my brothers and sisters who are going through tests right now. I pray, Lord, that they would be reminded that you are doing this because you love them, because you want to encourage them and show them how far they've come, or you you want to humble them some and show them that they still need you. I pray you'd help them with that. Help us to see how compassionate you are. Help us to see how good you are. Because, Lord, when we see those things, it turns to worship. And that's what we want. Pray during this time, Lord, that if anyone needs to come down and pray up front or pray with me, I'll pray for them with anything that's going on. And, Lord, if there are any who do not know you and they want to come forward and say, Today, I I want Jesus. I want to be a believer. I want to follow him. We pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. We thank you for our time. In Jesus' name, amen.